Amen. Turning tonight in the Word of God to the book of Luke, so the Gospel of Luke and the chapter 17. Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, and we're going to commence reading at the verse 11. Luke 17, the verse 11. And we're back on the series, The Commendations of Christ. Forever asking, of course, on the way through, if these people received the well done of God, what does it take to receive that? Because that's where we want to be the commendations of Christ. So, verse 11 of Luke 17, And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? that are not found, that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen. We know the Lord Himself will add His blessing unto the reading of His Word. We have a unique passage of Scripture and incident within the Bible in front of us here tonight because you'll find it is only in the Gospel of Luke that the record of these ten lepers cleansed by the Lord on His way to Jerusalem is recorded. Now, normally the collection of men that are here described would not have been rubbing shoulders together, would not have been seen together, because some of the Jews here were gathered in the number of ten, but there was also at least one of them who was a Samaritan, possibly more. And we would have learned from John 4, the verse 9, the Jews essentially had no dealings with the Samaritans. But then people who were in the same kind of situation of suffering and sorrow, they are very often thrown together. And that's how it was here. Jews and Samaritans, each of them in the ten here, they are lepers, and so they're bond together is the disease that they shared in each body. The leprous men were told in verse 12, they stood afar off. And when they saw the Lord, then we take it from the Scripture reading here that they collectively, in unison, they sounded out their voices and they cried out, Lord, be merciful to us. And he commanded them that they would go show themselves unto the priests. They obeyed that command. They were cleansed. And then we find that one returned to give thanks to the Lord, that man who was a Samaritan, but the others 
Well, we never read or hear or get sight of them again. They're just moved off the page of Holy Scripture. But this man is commended by the Lord, the one that returned, gave thanks. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Now, to appreciate our Lord's commendation in this instance, we're going to study a little more detail in the passage and pull out some of the obvious lessons, and they are obvious, that emerge from it. First one, that of security. Security. And here is the security or the assurance. If you look at verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. One was commended, but all of them were hurt. When they collectively cried for mercy, and that cry, verse 13, is very earnest. They received the Lord's help, every single one of them. No one has ever called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy who has been turned down and thrown out of doors. Nobody is too sinful, too diseased, or in too great or depth of a difficulty that they cannot call upon Him and receive His blessing. Our Lord is no respecter of persons, whether they be Jews or Samaritans, inside the covenant or out. We find here in Romans 10, the verse 11 to 13, our Lord is saying, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's what these Jews and Samaritans did. Whatever trouble you and I are in, He will be gracious to us. He will undertake for us when we call upon His name as He Himself has encouraged us. One example is Psalm 50, the verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And that's what these men did that day. By the Savior reaching out in mercy to them and healing them, God was glorified. And we could think of Psalm 34, verse 6 and 19, corresponding as it does in its message to Psalm 50, 15. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him. There is security in that call to Christ. And in 2024, may he hear from us more than he has in days gone by because we need Him, arguably, more than ever before. And they lifted up their voices and said, Lord Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Security, they were heard. Not only that, there's sovereignty here. Sovereignty. Our Lord does not deal with every single person in exactly the same way. And that much is revealed here. Look at verse 14, for example, concerning this collection of ten men. And when he saw them, he said unto them, so here's how he dealt with them, go show yourselves unto the priests. 
Now, he was working exactly according to the Old Testament pattern. Lepers, what do we do? Well, in Leviticus 14, 2-4, he in effect is saying to them, the priests have categorized you and condemned you as lepers. But if you believe that I can heal you, and am healing you now, go and show yourselves to those who will attest that the healing is genuine. They have the last word on this. That was the role of the priest regarding the leper in Leviticus 14, 2-4. So, what our Lord does here is works completely in tandem with the recipe, prescription of Holy Scripture. Get to the priest, and of course, he will pronounce you healed and whole if you believe that I can heal you now. But no, there's a contrast with that, because if you look in other parts of the Bible, you'll find a leper in the earlier part of Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 5, verse 12 to 14, there was a leper came to the Lord, beseeching him, Lord, if thy wilt, thou canst make me clean. And our Lord did not send that man to the priest. In a moment, he cleansed him by the power of his word and his touch. Or I think of Naaman in Old Testament times. And the prescription or recipe there was rather unique, and something that he turned his nose up at. He couldn't believe the Lord was telling him to do it this way. Go and immerse yourself in the muddy waters of the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will come like the flesh of a little child. And eventually he did it. And our Lord was proven to be full of power yet again, Second Kings 5 and the verse 14. What we're saying is here, our Lord is sovereign in the way He deals with people. And in the issue of salvation itself, the Lord is sovereign there too. And He doesn't always do exactly the same thing in any two given cases. Think of us dealing with Nicodemus. Circumstances there were completely different to the very next chapter, the woman at the well. One man coming from a basis of religion, and our Lord just takes all that religiosity apart, dismantles that. And a woman coming from the opposite extremes, didn't feel righteous in herself, was utterly unrighteous, and our Lord dismantles all of her excuses. The queen's treasurer, that Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, Saul of Tarsus, what a dramatic intervention. And of course, a lot of people make the mistake in conversion that they've read about the conversion of Saul of Tarsus, and they're expecting a big bright light to come their way in something as dramatic as what happened to him on that Damascus highway. There's Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, and again, their experiences are not carbon copies, mirror images, one of the other. Of course, there's only one way to go. And that is through Christ, always through Christ, only through Christ. 
He alone is the door. John 10 and 9, John 14 and 6. He's the way, he's the truth, he is the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Neither is there salvation in any other. Acts 4 and 12. That much is definite. But the Lord uses various means and speaks in this way and that way, always getting us to Christ. But we're not talking about everybody being exactly the same in every detail. And so, sovereignly, He works as He pleases, does what He will, fits everything to the people with whom He's dealing. We have not only security here and sovereignty. Look at the submission that's here evident in the passage. Verse 14, our Lord says, and when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. What did they do? Nothing sophisticated. Without hesitation, they simply took God at His word. Our Lord told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And then we read, And as they went, so they didn't stop and they say, well, Lord, is there not a better technique or passageway that we can go down here? Is there not a different operation that you want us to perform? Go and show yourselves. And they went. And when he did what, when they did what he said, they received the blessing they needed so much. So the operative words here are, as they went. In other words, because they obeyed His Word, they were cleansed. And if you and I are to know the experience of great blessing in our lives, we will only ever realize it for as long as, to the degree to which, we will do what Jesus has said. Whatsoever Back to this in John 2 and 5, whatsoever Mary said, he saith unto you, do it. Obedience is required. We find it in Acts 9 and 6 as well in Saul of Tarsus. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's the path to blessing. Joshua, Josiah shoot, Puritan preacher, over in London for many years, rector of St. Mary Woolnoth in London. They brought him into the Westminster Assembly as one of the persons responsible for the catechisms and the statement of faith. He said, in a regenerated person, God's Word not only instills a fear of displeasing God, but also a determination to strive for complete obedience throughout their life and conduct. And if we're looking for a New Year's resolution, and it might be too late to think about that, but on the spiritual sphere, this is a New Year's resolution, a New Day's resolution, something that we should be thinking of every day and doing, have that determination, Lord, give it to me, to strive for complete complete obedience through my life and through my conduct.
and Josiah Shute had it exactly right. This is what these men did. They took the Lord at His word, and they entered into healing and blessing. So we have security here. All who call in sincerity will be heard. Sovereignty. The Lord works exactly as He pleases in different ways. Submission. Obedience to His word. And then that leads to satisfaction because we find here in verse 15 and 16, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God. Wasn't he happy? Wasn't his heart just expanding at what had happened in his life? And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan a good posture to adopt every single day when we awake, with a loud voice to glorify God, to fall on our faces at His feet, to give Him thanks. Does He not deserve it? And when we think of a number of avenues, and this is going to be very limited what I'm going to list right now, but the fact that He came, as we've been thinking in recent weeks, came to Bethlehem's manger, humiliated Himself, and came in great humility. Luke 2 and 7, leaving heaven, triumphing in the wilderness, where the devil was doing his worst throwing the arrows of temptation, the fiery darts of the wicked, raining in upon him. But he endured that for you and for I as well. Three years of public ministry. And we're told by Acts 10 38 that he went about doing good, but that was against the backdrop of constant agitation. And those who were stirred up, sons of Belial, who were coming along, and they were saying, you know what he's doing here in this, what you think is doing good, he's doing it by Beelzebub, and by the power of the demons, he's casting out demons. So even his every movement and deed was analyzed, and the devil was agitating all the time. And that's why we need, because it is the way the master trod, should not the servant tread it still. That's why we need every day the armor of God upon us, because we'll be under attack. Our Savior was. We thank Him for that. We thank Him for what He endured in Gethsemane, sweating the great drops there as blood from His body, the accomplishment, of course, on Calvary, where He died for our transgressions, our great sin-bearer substitute in the garden, Luke twenty-two forty-four on the cross, 1 Peter 2 in the verse 24, we thank Him as well that He rose triumphant from the grave. Romans 4 and 25, Revelation 1 and 18, and also that right now as we assemble here for our week of prayer, and before we've ever got here, right through this day, as in every day for His people, He's praying for us. Peter's faith failed because the devil was at him, at his throat. Our Lord's expression was, Satan hath desired to have you, 
that he might sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. And what a joy whenever it feels or the ship that we are in is being rattled about, tossed every which way, about to sink and submerge. We own it to think, Jesus is praying for me right now. Hebrews 7.25, Romans 8.34, He's making intercession for us. And we thank Him, of course, not only by our lip and words, but by the dedication of our lives to His service. I think, Paul, as we move away from the point that we're making here on satisfaction, and Paul, it's a study in itself. He thanks the Lord for redemption in 2 Corinthians 9 and 15, for His kindness that He was showing to him through one of His servants in 2 Corinthians 8 and 16, for the obedience that was seen in the saints of God in Romans 6 and 17. In 2 Timothy 1 and 3, he thanks God for the fellowship that he was enjoying. And everywhere he was looking, it appeared that there's another reason for thanks, and another, and another. And if we live that way, then we will do what Philippians 4 tells us, rejoice. And again I say, rejoice. We will keep rejoicing because there are so many benefits and blessings all around us. And this man was awake to that. When he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And then, of course, we come now to the, the commendation and I'm calling it sanction, as in our Master's approval. And if you look at verse 17 through to 19, and Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And it is only when we come definitely to the Lord and thank Him for all that He has done and glorify His name and praise Him, these empty vessels, Lord, help us to glorify Thee through them that then we receive the word of assurance and we have, as He did, this special commendation. Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Some Christians don't have a full assurance of faith, what the Lord would want them to have, and so they're constantly riddled with doubt and fear. The way to be sure about our salvation and have the fullness of God's blessing is to do what the leper did. And surely he's a brilliant template, beginning in 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. What do we do in assurance? We live in the Word. We obey the Word. We hear what Christ is saying, and we do what He's commanding. 
And that enables the Lord, through the channel of our faith that has worked out practically to His glory, enables Him to make us whole, enables Him to say, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole, and allows us to keep on giving glory to God. May we do that, and may we have much of that in 2024. May the Lord be highly glorified. May we continually thank Him, and may we know His blessing, His healing, His power.